has to turn green. Has to yeah. turn. Okay. Good morning. Gemachsi Mateva. Good Gebench there. Okay, so the Hemshra to the previous Yurim that I did on the soul of Rosh Hashanah seems fitting to do the soul of Yom Kippur through the eyes of Chassidus. So let's uh, do that. I'll try to sum up some of the, at least some of the Maimorim. Mukutetera, of course, is Drushi Yom Kippurim. And there is an Ateres Reish from the Mittler Rebbe, Holshari Yom Kippur, as there is a Rosh Hashanah. And there is uh, from uh, the other Rabbeim, Maimoriyad Morazok, as well as the Rabbeim afterwards, each in their time, the Samach Tzedek, Reb Marash, and so on. I should mention them all already, Reb Rashab, Shizik Reb, and the Rebbe, the Yom Kippur Maimorim. The truth is the Rebbe didn't often, doesn't have that many Maimorim said on Yom Kippur, there's one with Yom Kippur. But uh, from um, many of the Hamshechim and many individual Maimorim that cover it, so here's somewhat of a, a summary, but I think it's good always to begin with a klotzkash, with a basic question, which helps us uh, appreciate what primisatayr, uh, especially chassidus, came to contribute. And that is, what is Yom Kippur? You know, the holiest day of the year, the Tayr says, Achaz Bashan, the tenth day of Chedesh Hashvi, is Achaz Bashan, the only day and time of the year when the Kain God went to the Kedush Kedoshim. So we know it's an extremely unique day. Shabbos Shabbosin is Deich Shabbos. It's called Shabbos Shabbosin. And there are different expressions. And even in Jewish consciousness and through his history, Yom Kippur is like the, the day. If anyone goes to Shul, Yom Kippur is the day they'll go to Shul. So the basic, obvious klotzkash is why? Why is Yom Kippur the holiest day of the year? So for most people, the answer is, it's If the Abraham decided it should be Yur Aleph Tishrei, or it should have been, or Yur Aleph Nisan for that matter, or some other day, it would have been that day. Why is Yom Kippur so unique? And uh, yeah, you could say everything is exactly you know, but Rosh Hashanah, you could answer, it's a day of creation. Of Adam and Chava, sixth day of creation. Um, and therefore, it's every year. That year, that day is the Yem Adin and so on. But what is unique about Yom Kippur? So we know the power of the day, but what makes it, gives it that power? So it's not a question, I'm not asking a question that, you, that most of you won't have an answer for, but it's important to spell out because it's not really always discussed. You know, we talk about the day, Yem Atruva, Tzumish Yem Achaper, you know, this is the day where the Abish is machap every person, five tefillahs, and the illa, of course, and all the the power around that. And we all know the yem oyim venera of yem kippur, beginning with kol nidre. A second question you could really throw in, since I mentioned kol nidre, you know, kol nidre is like the opening tefillah of yem kippur, and uh, and we all again know how that moment. From so many Eden is Anusayr al Nidre and the the, the Nusachat Fila, you say it three times. Uh, it seems odd, and I've been asked this question a number of times by people who are not familiar, and even those who are familiar, like to start the whole day Yom Kippur of all things, Hatarus Nadarim. 
Like, most people don't even relate to Nadarim today. What's a Nadir exactly? How many of us take Nadarim? You know, what, there was a time, Nadir was something, it was part of, uh, it's true, it's a Parsha Nadir and Parsha Mates, and there's the concept of a Nadir, a Hattaris Nadarim. But to start Yom Kippur with Kol Nidre, so the Nigan and the Nusach itself is beautiful. But when you start reading the words, basically it's a technical uh, declaration that you're absolving yourself of all the vows and all that Nadarim mentioned in six different ways. And uh, what, what's the taken of that? Mela, afterwards we say, the Ebrister says, Salachtikid Varecha, and we'll discuss that uh, shortly. That is the essential, what, ha- what Moshe accomplished on that day. But what's the Kol Nidre? What exactly is its meaning? And if you look around, you're not going to find many explanations. You know, some explain that has to do with the Yimei Habinayim in the Middle Ages, there were the, especially during the Inquisition, there were Muranos who were masquerading as Christians. So Kol Nidre was a way of so-called absolving anything they may have said that was Bechitzenius uh, at least, Leponim to be able to get by the church that was looking for Jews. So the Kol Nidre was a way of, some say it was, it was even established in that time. I mean, there are different theories. And there are plenty have been written about Kol Nidre and uh, why, why we say it. And what does it mean today? But at the end of the day, as I said, to start the holiest day of the year, you know, mainly you start the holiest day, you say it's uh, the day Aaron Kayin Gadol goes in Kedish Kadashim, you know, something from the Aveda that we say in Musaf of, of Yom Kippur. And there are many more questions that can be asked about such a powerful day. So what's the, the bottom line? So the bottom line is this, that uh, in Jewish life, Bechlal, <coughs> including the Jewish calendar, the Luach, is not just a Luach that measures and tells us what happened each day and what's on Sunday and what's on Monday and what happens on different, different times when you celebrate Yom Tov. The Luach, as we know, Zman is, uh, is energy. Zman reflects, Kol Yema over David, reflects different Hamshachas. So, just like we spoke about Chedeshal, the same thing with Rosh Hashanah, the same thing with every Yontif. It's not just a Yontif. It's a day that that day, there's a certain Amshacha, Mamaila, Ruchnius, that comes into this Gashmizdika world, and we make a keli to it through the Tfilas and the Mitzvahs, Hayyim. That's how we Mamshach that Gili. So, Yom Kippur, when you think of it that way, what is the Gili of Yom Kippur? So, a little history. It began, really, the story begins with the beginning. Um, the truth is, when you read Aveda, I mentioned, it actually begins with uh, the beginning of creation. That's how the whole Aveda begins. Mamish, beginning of creation, going all the way, leading us all the way through Matan Teira and through everything, till Aaron is going into the Kedesh Kedoshim and Yom Kippur. But I'll begin with Yitzhiz Mitzrayim. So the Eden are redeemed from Yitzhiz Mitzrayim, Bechamisha Asr, Bechedesh which is on the Tezvav Nisan. 49 days later, 50 days later, the 50th day, they received the Teir, God's mandate. 39 days after that, they, break, they build the golden calf, the Chet Eagle. Moshe comes down from the mountain, sees it, Shvidas Haluchis, on Shavasa Betamus, which is 40 days after um, the Vav or Zion Sivan of, of Matan Teda. Moshe goes back on the mountain to ask for forgiveness, to pray for forgiveness. He spends another 40 days from Shivasa Batamas till 
two opinions exactly what day he, uh, he goes back up again the third time. He was not successful. It says, you may kas, you may not, you may rotsen, the Ebishter does not accept Moshe's Bakosha and does not grant tshuva, does not grant mechila v'kapara. So Moshe goes up a third time. And Rishchidosh El, there's two opinions. The first day of Rishchidosh, Lamed Ov, or the second day of Rishchidosh, Aleph El, and spends another 40 days, and then, meaning Moshe is on the mountain, all of Rishchidosh El, Rosh Hashanah, and comes down Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur is the, the seam of the Arboim Yem, the third 40, set of 40 days. And this time, the Ebershter says, Salach He did achieve his goal, and he, the Ebershter granted Mechila Slicha Kapoda, and from then on, Yom Kippur becomes the holiest day of the year. So Yom Kippur is essentially 120 days from Matan Tehra, 170 days, 169 days, 170 days from Yitzhiz Mitzrayim. So it's not separate events. It's all one flow. It begins with the Eden leaving Mitzrayim, which of course made them into an Am, Yisrael, receiving the Tehra, and after that, building the Mishkin, Chet depending on the different days when it happened, but in that same period. So you have basically a tremendous connection. Matan Teir is Yem Chasanos, is that Matan Teir? It's a Chasana. Between Kutcha Brichu and Knesset Yisrael, the Eden and the Ebishter. The, the, then the Eden breached and betrayed that Chasana. Basically, infidelity, adultery. Kipshute, through Chet HaEgel, with Ebishter said, Lo Yelecha Lekim Acherim, and they made a Lekim Acher, they made a, uh, they worshipped a Negel Azov. And now comes the whole process of another 80 days to gain forgiveness. So 80 days it took Moshe to get Mechila and the power of Tshuva, only 40 days to, to Teda. But it took 80 days to for Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur is the holiest day of the year for a very simple reason. Because it's the day, just in simple English, is the birth, is the birth of forgiveness, is the birth of hope. You know, it's one thing when a person behaves perfectly and they get all the brachas. That's the Vedas Tzadikim. It's a whole other thing, what happens when a person transgresses, when a person makes a mistake. Had Moshe not gained forgiveness in Yom Kippur, basically we would never have hope. We never have any ability to correct our ways. Because it's a one-way street. Which explains also why it took 80 days why didn't the Ebershter? The Ebershter didn't know he can forgive the Eden. It should have happened in one day. Why did it take 80 days? Because it was not a simple process. Yarek val yaver. Chet ha'egel is avid azor. Yavid azor is yarek val yaver. And that's what the Ebershter was saying to the Meshe. I didn't do this. The Eden are ever and the Yarek val yaver. That means you have to start and build a new am, a new nation, because they have essentially cut off themselves from me in the worst possible Aveda that a person is supposed to die for before they do so what was Moshe's response it was not so simple Moshe had to come up with a lot of different explanations we know one thing is that the Shvira Saluchis Rashi tells us from Medrash was the like the tearing up the Ksuba basically Moshe was saying to the Ebishter yes they heard but they never signed the contract they never were Makabal the Luchis 
that where it said, because Moshe had the luchas with him. By breaking the luchas, essentially tearing up the ksuba, and he never delivered the ksuba to the kala, which is Amisra. That was one, I mean, we know it says Yishakech Sheshivarta, and all that comes with that. And Moshe was looking like a good lawyer and a good advocate to figure out ways to be Melamed Tzchus. He didn't say that Eden didn't sin. That's not correct. They did. And they deserved punishment and they deserved to be accountable. But he basically was saying to the Ebishter, when you read Pasha Kisisa, you mamish see the whole thing play itself out in literally like an intimate conversation. The Pasuk says, Moshe was speaking to the Ebishter like you speak to a friend. You ever see such a Pasuk? That's like one of the, one of the most powerful Pasukim and Teda. Moshe is speaking to the Ebishter like you speak to a friend. I mean, Abish is not your friend, but that's how Moshe was speaking, with a love, with a closeness, as he was God's, Hashem's best friend, and begging him to forgive the Eden. And he ultimately prevails. But why? Why did it take so hard? Because Abish was saying, I created a world where Shadonanish is not something magical. The Shalom writes, it's not a union's guli, it's an union for cause and effect, Simba Masubov. You put your hand in fire, your hand gets burned. It's not a punishment. It's a result of putting your hand in fire. The Torah is telling us, don't put your hand in fire. So all Torah mitzvahs, and especially Yadig Yavid, like Avedizar, like Avedizar, the Chet Egel, is cause and effect. If God forbid a husband is unfaithful to his wife, it's obviously inevitable that he's created a major severed relationship. It's not a small thing. It's not like whether you, you squeeze the toothpaste from the middle of the tube instead of from the bottom of the tube or you forgot to take out the garbage. You're touching the very etzim of the relationship, trust, the trust of a commitment of husband and wife. So they wish to was saying to Mesha, what do you want me to do? I didn't do, it. I didn't do this. They did it to themselves. They cut themselves off from me. I'm not getting even with them. They basically say that they don't trust me and how could I trust them? I'm paraphrasing, obviously. I'm putting it in simple uh, English. And Moshe was answering, no, but they're still your children. And they're still your, your spouse. And they love you. And you love them. And even though, or at least on the outer levels, there was, yes, a crime was done, a violation. But I'm looking to dig deeper, which is really what a mediator does when there's a shalom bias issue, a serious issue. What do you try to do? You don't say divorce, God forbid. You work to rebuild trust. Now that's not easy, because once trust is breached, it's not so simple. Look at human beings. Now, of course, the Abrus is not a human being, but Kav he also manifests in that way. So, that, so Moshe was looking to dig deeper and say, it's just like you find with parents and children. So there's an asmiz dika'ava between a parent and a child, but you see Bepeil, there are children and parents that don't speak to each other. For good reason or bad reason, it doesn't make a difference. But that doesn't mean the etzim connection is not there. It's like we say, Nishtai eid vil, nishtai eid ken, zayin ogirisim v'nelakus, the Alter Rebbe says. Afal pishachot Yisrael, the hilchiz gedishin, in sof beidik beiz, the hilchiz gedishin of the Rambam, keifnei se'atshe emirates, why? Because the etzim every eid wants to do tere mitzvahs, etc. That was what Meisha was saying. The Ebrister was saying, yeah, but they breached it. But Bapayel Moshe was able to prevail. And you see, the Ebrus was Megali Yud Gimel Midas which is why we say it so many times in Yom Kippur. Because ultimately, he touched God's heart. 
if you want to put it that way. And he asked, Hareini nos chvedecha, and the Hebrews just said, Leireini odem v'chai, but then, bottom line is, he reconnected. <coughs> just to give a, a, a stickle example, the Reishas Chochme, powerful Reishas Chochme, about Acher, you know, we all know Acher, was one of the controversial figures, Alisha ben Avuya, and then he became Yedez Rabbeinei Umechav and Bey of the highest order. Because he was such a Tam Chachim and such a, a scholar in all the Amailas. But then he was a Shana Pirish, he left. And we know the Gemaras, all these Gemaras, Rameir was continued learning by him. Even on Shabbos he was riding on a horse and Rameir was walking side by side. So they saw how great Alisha ben Avuya was. Rameir was still learning by him. But the bottom line is, he was no longer a shemitah mitzvah. He was a kefir. And he had a svekus and shilas. I mean, it's, it's all, it's a complex story, but we all know the story there, that they came to the tchum, and Amir said to Acher, and Acher says to Amir, sorry, that you can't go further because it's tchum Shabbos. So, he, so you should go back. So he tells Acher, why don't you come back with me? For me, it's too late. Basically, back meaning also tshuva. All this while he's riding on a horse on Shabbos. So you see what kind of neshama he was. To the point that Gemara tells us that even Gehenim didn't want to receive him. And it took a whole tefillah of Rabbi Yehuda, etc. to have him, even Gehenim to accept him. And his neshama hovered over his kever for a while. All the tzad. So Reishas Chachma says the following. That when Acher came to Maila, <clears throat> and the Ebershah said to him, why didn't you do tshuva? yes. You transgressed. You could, but you know there's the Pesach in the Chadovah and Emet B'fnei HaTshuva. So Achish said, because he heard a Baskel, that in the Chadovah and Emet B'fnei HaTshuva, Chutz Ma'acher. Everybody can go, but Chutz Ma'acher. So the Rishul Chachma brings, the Rebbe cites that in some of the Sikhs. The Ebers has said to him, yeah, but you know the Din, Kol Mashabal Abayis, <laughs> Also chutz. That everything you have to listen to the balabais, including the balabais, the the ebrister, chutz mitzay. So you have to listen, but not when he says to you leave. You should have knocked on the door anyway. Even if you heard chutz ma'achir, you should not have taken no for an answer. And essentially, like what Meisha did. Meisha did not take no for an answer. It took 80 days. But let's be honest, if, 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 if Eberst had not said, Chaz B'Shalom, you think he would have given up? Of course not. He'd still be on the Mahara, begging the Eberst. So he was told that. So that's what the Reishas Chachma says. It's an unbelievable uh, word, because it tells you, At Even when it says, that a person cannot do, and the truth is not in the the Alter Rebbe says, in Dochak, you could still, even you can correct. Yes, it takes a much deeper tshuva, but there's no such thing as impossible. So, if you think of it that way, Yom Kippur, that's why it's the holiest day of the year. A day that mamish, that a human being prevailed over the Ebrister himself, and Ebrister first said no, and Moshe got a yes, yes, I will forgive them. A day that opens up a Pesach for each one of us, Essentially saying there's no such thing as impossible. Even Yarek Vayavir, Yom Kippur was Mechaparan. Even Anvei Dezar, even Egel Hazov. 
So when you think of it that way, it's a whole different uh, take on what Yom Kippur is. Now I put it in more Balbatish and practical aces just because it make it more easier to understand. But the language of Chassidah <coughs> and the Mamorim, it's the day of its which doesn't just mean the etzim of the day. It means the etzim, you touch the etzim. The etzim of the Ebesh to the etzim of an Hashem. <coughs> so it's Gili etzim. And that's why you have the ability. Because when it comes to the etzim, the etzim is never touched by any transgression. We see Afal Pishachot Yisrael, the real taiches, that even though Chet Nefesh Kisechta, and even on that the Zayar says, Tva, how is it possible that a Nefesh could be Sechta? Nefesh is a Nefesh Liki. So fine, the lower level of the nefesh, the nefesh, ruach, is affected by our maizim. But, but the chidosh of nefesh, and definitely etzim nefesh, which is even deeper, that's never affected. I gave the example before a burn. Yes, you put your hand in fire, God forbid, it gets burnt. But it doesn't burn the etzim of who you are. It burns the outer layers. That's a problem and needs to be healed. No one's denying that. But it's like uh, using example, the arteries of a person, God forbid, can be blocked or clogged, but the heart can be completely healthy. So you have to clean up the arteries because you need the fuel line. You need the blood to run to the heart and from the heart. But the heart itself can be complete, which is what, all the, what I said earlier from the Rambam, that the etzem remains intact. And what happens in Yom Kippur is that the etzem is gala. Why? Because Moshe was able to break through all the levels and all the doors of Seder Shtashlis and reach the Etzem Lamaila, the Yochid Lamaila, which connects to the Yechida Lamat, which brings us to the theme of Yechida of Yom Kippur. So in Lukut the Teir, at the end of Pasha Pinchas, very briefly, the Alter Rebbe says, that's where he speaks about the Chamesh Tfilis, why we Afki Yom Kippur's five Tfilis. Because you're reaching also the fifth level of Yechida Shabbanefesh. So let's discuss that a bit more. So what does that mean? So we know, Chamisha Shemus Nikrula, the soul has five names. The Medr says, it's not just names, it's five levels. Nefesh Ruach Neshama Chai It corresponds in the Elamis to from the bottom up, Asiya, Yitzira, Briya. Asiya is the Nefesh, Yitzira is Ruach, the Neshama is Briya, and Datsilis is is Chaya, and the Elmus Ainsof, higher than Natsilis, is Yechid. In Sviris, it's Nihi, is Nefesh, Chagas, is Ruach, Chabad, is Neshama, in Keser, Arich, is Chaya, and Atik, Primisa Keser, especially Primis Atik, is Yechid. So the whole structure of Seder Shtals is around these five levels. So every day of the year, we're able to access what we'll call the conscious faculties, the conscious um, levels of nefesh, ruach, neshama. Those are conscious. Nehi, which is behavioral, call it nefesh. Basically, a very essential thing that we're alive. The breathing, called biological life. You also can reach level two, ruach. Ruach is emotional life, chagas. You know, a person can be alive, but God forbid, not feeling anything, be like a zombie, or like a vegetable. <clears throat> then there's neshama, which is chabad, there's also intellectual life. So here you have behavioral, emotional, and intellectual life. 
But that's all what we call Kaychas Gluim or Kaychas Primim. Conscious, we're aware of it. We're all aware of it. That's the that's the Kaychas Anefesh that we use all the time. We also know this Kaychas Makifim, Kaychas Nalomim, Kaychas Makifim. The Makif Keser is consists of Chaya and Yechid. So Chaya is a Makif Akariv, which means it's Makif Rotzen which means it's not localized like, let's say, Chach Mabin Adas is in the Moyach. Chach Chesed is in the heart. All the spheres have their location. Rotson is a Rotson Kloli. The mere fact you have Rotson or Lamaila Rotson Hashem, we say Asher Kedushon Mitzvah Sivonu. Without the details, Alaniyacht Film, Alatifas Talas, or Alatilas Lulav, and so on, Asher Kedushon is the Rotson Kloli. That's Arich or Chaya. In simple English, I would call it the transcendent part of a person. That's not specifically using your mind, your emotions, or your behavior, but it's more your Sheifas, uh, that you're reaching towards something, Telukus, and Hashem is Ner Hashem Mesodom. We call it transcendence, is a good word for it. And Yechida, Yechida Liyardacha, is the fourth, fifth, and highest level. That is a level that actually you cannot access easily. So as I said, the three are, are accessed every day through shachris, mincha, mairiv, or mairiv, shachris, mincha, depending how you count, nefesh, ruch, and shama. On Shabbos and Yontif, you have the fourth tefillah, Musaf, which is connected chaya. And once a year, achaz, bashana, you have yechida, the fifth tefillah, ne'ilah, and yom kippur, which means that that which most of the year is concealed, we can, and, and not accessible, doesn't mean Yechid is not there. And obviously you can do tshuva any time of the year. And you can always reach the etzem, but it's much harder. Like we say, Dirshu Hashem B'Yimotze, but especially Yom Kippur, and all year round it's not Yimotze. Uh, the Hebrew says not to be found, God forbid, or Karev. However, it's more Behelem. Like Lash Nachsidis, is more levushim and harder to access. Just like we say, koshalai pridaschem. Why does the Ebers say about Shmini Yatzeres, pridaschem? Not pridasenu, because the Ebers is never separate from us. However, we don't feel it. So it's pridaschem. Okay. Shem Kippur, like the Moshe Lachsidus in Derechayim, it brings a number of places, Kiruv HaMoyer Al so all year round, the nitzutz of the neshama is not as kodiv to the moir. So it doesn't feel it so much. But in Aseh and especially Yom Kippur, you feel it. That's why the, the Barizal says, as brought in the Ma'amorim, that me, she'ena becha, call me she'ena becha, but is ena shmose shlema. So the Rizal says. Why? What neshama is? Because the bechia is a sign that the neshama is feeling its mokir. Like when you look at two flames, when a small flame comes close to a bigger flame, what happens? They affect each other. They're drawn to each other. Try it out. And to the point they become one. That's the nature of, of Eish, even Eish Gashmi. Same thing, Ner Hashem Nishma Sodom. So as the Ner Hashem gets closer, when there's less, uh, let's call it the orbit, the annual orbit of the Neshama, when it gets closer, Rosh Hashanah says, Meshuvah, and ultimately Yom Kippur, which is the closest, and Yom Kippur itself, and the Ila, they're as close as possible. That's why the Neshama feels something. 
and what has it expressed itself through pchia, through crying. So essentially, if you think of Yom Kippur that way, then Yom Kippur is a journey that begins with nefesh, because Yom Kippur also has three, three the first three tefillahs. There's also Maid of Shachris and uh, Mincha, but there's two extra ones. So it's essentially a journey from nefesh to ruach, to neshama, to chaya, and then ultimately yechidah, which is ne'ilah. Ne'ilah is kol ha'sha'orim, everything is open right before the doors close, and especially in the Ila itself, the last moment, what do we say? The Shalom says, is brought in our Mahzer. That what we say, Shema and Baruch Shem three times, and then Hashem. We are supposed to be concentrating on Mesidus Nefesh. What's Mesidus Nefesh? Totally giving yourself away. What does it mean in simple English? The other night I gave a class, a shir for Shluchim. They wanted to explain what is Yechida. How do you explain Yechida in simple to people who may not have ever heard the term before. So Yechida, in uh, the best way to, I can explain it at least, is that you know, we, all, we all have our, uh, our lives, uh, we all have our masks, if you wish, that we put on. You know, there are diff- different faces we show people. The people we show our face when you're with your family is one face. With strangers, another face. At work, another. And everybody has different friends, we all have many, many levushim, um, we call defense mechanisms and other systems that don't let a person see necessarily everything that's inside you. But there are times when a person is completely comfortable, um, either with someone you totally trust or in a situation where you're ready to just be completely open and vulnerable, and that is when uh, your etzim shows itself. So, but that cloud in life, it's not really much revealed. You know, um, why do we call Yechidus Yechidus? When a chassid went into the Rebbe, Yechidus called Yechidus. So the simple meaning, Yechidus means private audience. But uh, the Maimorim brings, in Peal, there's a Maimor that talks about interesting Maimor, other places, that Yechidus is the Yechidah of the chassid is connecting with the Yechidah of the Rebbe. What does that mean exactly? So it's a beautiful vart, but what does it mean exactly? So uh, just as uh, I'll share two uh, two short uh, anecdotes that can c- capture that. So story I've shared this I think in the past. The guy that um, lived in the Midwest, I think he was a doctor, and um, he was traveling to New York. This is the mid chofs in the '60s, and uh, the <coughs> shliach told him, "You go to New York, don't just visit the Empire State Building." and the Statue of Liberty, and other uh, sites, you should also visit Lubavitcher Rebbe. He's also an important f- 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 figure. So, okay. And he told them how to do it. They scheduled a Yechidus. In those years, it was easier to get a Yechidus. And he had scheduled something 12 or 1 o'clock one evening. He came, comes, comes into Rebbe's room. The Rebbe offers him a chair. He sits down. And the Rebbe says, asks him his name. You know. Now, he never did this before. No one prepared him. He came in, he just came to see the Rebbe. He doesn't know what he's supposed to do here. So the Rebbe asked him, do you have anything on your mind you want to talk about? He says, no. Why are you here? He said, my rabbi told me that it's important I come to New York, not just the Empire State Building, I should also see you. So the Rebbe smiled and said to him, you know, I'm not that comfortable. You're sitting here not really knowing why you're here. Uh, but since you're already here, everything's divine providence. Maybe you have something on your mind you want to talk about. 
So he says, yeah, you know, actually, why don't you tell me, and he didn't mean chuspedik, he meant it very, tmimuzdik, why don't you tell me who you are? What do you do? Why do they uh, revere you like this? They adore you, the chassidim, the shluchim, whatever. So, you know, well, who are you? <laughs> and you don't usually get a question like that, right? So the Rebbe says to him, um, I can't speak for what others say about me, uh, but I'll tell you what I think a Rebbe is, is, uh, is someone who tries to be a friend, a best friend to another person. So the guy was like a little like uh, taken aback, and he says, friends? <laughs> a rabbi, with all respect, I have many friends. I'm not sure what's so special about that. <coughs> so the Rebbe said to him, let me define for you what a friend is, and then you'll tell me how many friends you have. And the Rebbe said to him, a true friend is someone that you can speak to like you speak to yourself. No defenses. Not being concerned that you'll be judged or criticized. Mamish, completely comfortable, vulnerable, complete trust. Like you're speaking to yourself. There's no need to, to perform, no need to show off, no need to hide anything. So he looks, the Rebbe says to him, so... How many friends do you have like that? <coughs> so he said, I don't have any such friends. As a matter of fact, it's hard for me to imagine you can have a friend like that. You can have such level of trust. So the Rebbe said, that's what I tried to be, a friend. Now, it's interesting. I mentioned before the Pasuk in Pasuk Kisisa that it says, Moshe spoke to the to Ki'ish L'Re'ehu. The word friend is used because that's what a real friend is. And that, in a way, in simple English, is Yechidah. As I said, nefesh, ruach, neshama, chaya are all high levels. But there's still levushim. The levush of meichin uh, is in neshama. levush of midas. The Alter Rebbe says, keiches nefesh They're keiches nefesh but they're not the nefesh itself. So midas, ruach, nehi, uh, behavioral, nefesh. These are expressions of the nefesh. Even Chaya is also an expression of the nefesh uh, she'ifa, the nefesh's gaguyim, or yearning to connect to the Ebeshter. Yechidah is not in a state of Mashiach, and Yechidah is just who you are. It's like a newborn child without any levushim uh, at all. Complete, everything is open. Now, in our world, we know that's not a simple thing because we don't trust people that way. People could hurt us when we are vulnerable. You know, how many people do you trust just sharing everything that's going on inside you? People will judge you, categorize you, stigmatize you. I mean, there's all kinds of things. When a chassid went to Rebbe, it was like going, mamish, like a child. So after I finished actually this um, Zoom thing I did with the shluchim, so Shliach wrote to me a story which I never heard before. I'll share it with you. There was a bachar who went to Yechidus, and he had two envelopes. And he asked the Rebbe, he says, I have two envelopes because I'm not sure how a chassid is supposed to speak to Rebbe. Should he speak to Rebbe like to Mashpia, to Rav? Or should he speak to Rebbe like to Father? So the Rebbe answered, So he gave the Rebbe the second letter. In other words, he wrote two letters, the same request, but one he wrote like you write to a, to a Rav, you know, and one you write, you write to a Father. That Rebbe said, so, Tatataka, not a friend, but it's definitely not a Rav in the same sense. So, it's a, you know, a very powerful story because it tells you, and as I said, I'm trying to make the Yechida a little more 
that we can relate to. So bottom line is a Yom Kippur, when all the Levushim are removed, and that's why Taka the Kain Gadol goes into Kedush Kedush. Why can't you go into Kedush Kedush all year long? Not because it's not a holy place, it's because you're not holy enough. Even on Yom Kippur, also the Kain Gadol had to go with ropes, because if he had one blemish, he may die there. Because it's such a pure place. It's like they say, a piece of dust on your finger is not much, but a piece of dust on your eyeball is a lot. So Kedush Kedush is such a pure place, you can't just enter it unless you are pure. It's a place where the Rebbe brings even, it says sometimes, it's Cheder Hamites, compared to a bedroom. I mean, it's one of the Malachim, the Malachim had to hide, so it was in the, base, in the Kedush Kedush, but the Rebbe explains because it's an intimate place. It's Moshe standing on Har Sinai, and the Ebersh is showing him the Hechster, his deepest connections. It's Etzem and Etzem. The etzem connecting to etzem. So you keep it in that sense. You think of it, Yechida, it's an unbelievable, powerful day. So you could ask to them, why don't we jump right into Ne'ila and Yechida? Because you can't just go to Yechida Stam. You have to travel. It's a journey. Remember, at the end of the day, like it says in Chesidus, if the Eireh Sof would be Meir Begili, we would not be able to contain it. So it needs Levushim. So we, it's a journey. It starts with Nefesh, Ruach, Neshama, Chayyeh. But then you can come to the Etzim Mamish during the Ilah. So let's now go back to Kol Nidre. So how do you enter a place like that? And that's where Kol Nidre comes in. It's talking the level of Nefesh. It's Mairiv. It's the beginning of Yom Kippur. But the first way you go into a deeper connection, you have to first clean up your act. You know, it says Exodus. You can't have Tshuva law if you don't have first Tshuva Tata. I mean, there are exceptions, but generally, why? Simple. You want to bring new furniture into your house, you first got to clean up your house. You got to vacuum it and get rid of the dust. So you could be ready to receive the grass to Geluyim, but you first have to clean up to make sure the environment is, uh, is mezuchach and container. So call nidre, what does neder mean? To be bound to something. A neder means to be, to be attached to something. A neder means that you bound yourself to do a certain thing, to behave a certain way. So what do we do on Yom Kippur? We free ourselves from all our bounds. It's not just the promises we say with our words and the vows and the oaths and everything. It obviously includes that. Kol Nidah is al we say, it's not just leaving Egypt, it's leaving Mitzrayim v'gvulim. So Kol Nidah is the best way to open up Yom Kippur because you're basically saying, I'm leaving everything that I did till now aside. I'm freeing myself from my addictions from my attachments, from my commitments, from all the things that I bound myself to. Now the truth is we do our Torah Sedarim before Rosh Hashanah too. But Kol Nidre, what I'm talking about is a higher level in case the nether was not completely absolved. But bottom line is to get into the door of Yom Kippur and this journey all the way to Yechideh, you have to first free yourself. So Kol Nidre is actually a, a tremendous feel in that sense. It's basically saying, first let me it's like when it says, Lech lochom arzachom melatachom ebeis avicha, you can't go al eretz ha-shareh reko if you're not going to leave your past. So kol nidre is essentially leaving the past behind, untying ourselves from all the things that bind us. So now we can enter pure and clean, and then go to slachtikid varecha, and then starts the journey through nefesh, and then ruach, neshama, chayin yechid. I didn't go through all the tefillahs, that needs more time. 
So when you think of it that way from a point of view, and the Alta Mitla Rebbe explains bad, why it's, uh, we are white and uh, linen, and also we wear kitla and so on, because white is the symbol of Yechida, it's the purest. Every color has a tzir. White is a dogma for the closest pshittis possible, which is the pshittis of the Yechida Shebun touching the Yochid Lamaila. And when you think of it that way, obviously Yom Kippur takes on a whole different level of meaning. And uh, you understand also, appreciate chsidis that gives the neshama of such a, of this, of this Yom Ayin Vaneir, this, this Yom HaKodesh, and Achaz B'Shana, and Achaz as being Yechida. And um, just to give a few more Mikemas, the beautiful bracha that Rebbe gave, Tav Shem Emzayin, Erev Yom Kippur, a long bracha that Rebbe spoke, I think almost an hour and a half, I think the longest bracha. It's printed in Sefer HaSichas, Tav Shemem Zayin. to read. It's a very, very powerful baruch, all about, I mean, it's more than a baruch, it's a whole sikha, about Yechida. It's very bad Yechida. A lot of points I took, I, I spoke here, I've taken from there. The Rebbe connects it a lot, it's almost uh, the Kolatei Kula, to be honest. So that's a really Yechida Dika, Rav Yom Kippur, Tav Shemem Zayin. And, um, and of course, we know Kuntus Yon Shalteris Achsidis is all about Yechid Achsidis being Yechidis Shabbatere. Okay, so I think I can't say the justice, but at least a summary of some of the Maimorim and some of the, the Neshama of Achsidis about Yom Kippur. And above all, everything is Amay You should all have a Gemach Simeteva and be able to maybe some way touch Yechida for Achsidim. Sometimes the way is to think of the Rebbe, uh, those that saw the Rebbe or can envision whether the Rebbe dancing in Napoleon's march during the Yechida during the end of by end of Ne'ilah. You know, for many Bochrim Erev uh, Yom Kippur by the Baruch was a Yechida Dike moment. Everybody can find the Yechida moment. The more you prepare it, the more you'll be able to create it. Those of us that did not see the Rebbe, that doesn't mean you can't connect it. We always have the Keiches. You have the Rebbe's Teda. You know, everybody has their magical moment. You could say when you, something touched you in the deepest possible place. And that's what makes a chassid. And if it's hard to access, maybe that's a good achonah to Yom Kippur to find that one little nekuda. And you hold on to that. The nekuda, like the Rebbe says, the kudah of Meidani, and that mispashat the chol ha yeim l'chol So it should be a good gebench to yard for everyone. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you. 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 Thank you.